Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This time on Vet Story. It was a chance encounter that has gone viral. Retired Army veteran Anthony Maggart, who lost his leg in Afghanistan. Wait, 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 wait. I have to stop you there. Um, people talk about wounded warriors. If you're an amputee, um, it's different. Wounds heal, amputations don't. <laughs> Former Secretary of State Colin Powell got roadside help yesterday. Rat race got you down? Stop to help a stranger change a flat tire. I mean, I feel like I yeah. robbed the liquor store. Like, dude, it was such a brief incident. Like, why is it such a big deal? Definitely update your Facebook. You know, if you're ever going to go viral, they, they're going to follow your Facebook first. General Powell later thanked him on Facebook. So ultimately, he said, I didn't know I was going to have to get a selfie to get my tire changed. <laughs> you know? Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And as you heard in our intro, our guest today is a military veteran. He's a chef. He's an amputee. And he's got one hell of a story. You're officially now on your 16th minute of fame. Yes. But I first saw Tony Mad Dog Maggard in a picture on a side of the road. Changing the tire of General Colin Powell. Selfie there right next to the Beltway just outside Washington, D.C. Uh, one tall, handsome General Colin Powell. One bald, bearded, gingered badass uh, standing next to him. And you're in the studio with me today, Tony Maggard. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Uh, the pleasure is all yours, really. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I couldn't help but like read through the bullet points of your story and see a couple colorful expressions and thought... Wow, this guy's got a sense of humor about this whole thing. Um, you must be quite a character. And then I called you, and I want to say, like, not five minutes into our phone conversation when we hooked up last week. Um, man, you're blowing my mind, dude. You're talking about, you know, you know, we were joking on your love of sausage, and of course the yeah. jokes are flying back and forth. And because I'm in the Navy and you're a former Marine, you know, you're thinking just- we all love sausage. We love to put it in our mouth. Come on, let's not lie to each other. <laughs> And then the whole thing about like, you know, from military to wounded warrior to, you know, uh, battling back from Bethesda and uh, then wait, going- wait, 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 wait. I have to stop you there. Um, people talk about wounded warriors. If you're an amputee, um, it's different. Wounds heal. Amputations don't. <laughs> so I already got it. So wrong. it's not a wound, you know, <laughs> wounds heal. Amputations don't. I've been drinking milk. I've tried everything. The doctors have it's- like, hey, is it vitamin D? Is it skin milk? I don't know, but not one inch in four years. It's just not growing back. It's Damn not it. growing back. I've gone to these Asian, you know, foot massage places. Uh, they still charge me full amount. Um, Even so, though you- <laughs> right. I'm like, I just want half price, you know, can I get a little stump massage too, you know, so. <laughs> See, and that's exactly what I mean. So then I look you up on Facebook too, just to kind of get like the bigger picture of who is Chef Mad Dog Maggart. And I see you in 
Whereas you're at Walter Reed and you've got a prosthetic and you're playing it like a guitar. I, it was just last week. Did you yeah, put up yeah, a picture yeah. of you? Yeah, these guys are great at Walter Reed. I love them. You're like holding up the leg and then here you are. You got like the whole like Skinner ZZ Top beard thing happening and you're like playing this prosthetic leg like a, like a Stratocaster. I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? I think the best is like uh, Rebecca the nurse in the background, you know, who like does her prosthetics and stuff. Her, her look is pretty timeless. Oh, like, no, right. They're all they're, like, you know, kind of going, what the is he doing? Yeah. So, I knew I had to have you in here, and I don't even care where this interview goes. I just want to record, like, literally, you know, 20, 30 minutes it hanging out with you. It should be a big deal, so then I become famous, and then I can find some other line of work, you know, besides <laughs> changing General's tires for free on the side of the road. <laughs> Random auto maintenance on the highway. Yeah, no, no right. doubt. That can't pay well. Um, so, Howard Stern, if you're listening, dude, I'm available. Really. <laughs> That's great. I'll go shirtless like Adam Levine, too. Oh, please don't. Know. Please, for God's okay. sake. <clears throat> no, that's good. Um, where do we even start, brother? Let's let's get to know you real quick. Uh, service history, background. Uh, I want to hit a couple things about your service history because in the few minutes that we've already been recording, I now know you've been in three different branches of the military, and that matches your uh, three limbs. Right, three limbs, yeah. Two <laughs> arms and one leg. Half <laughs> leg, half leg. You know, it's like half and half, you know? Go ahead. It's not real cream. It's not real milk. It's half and half. Go ahead. Hit me up. How did it start? What made you join the military and where was your where did so your path start? If I could start? take you back on this whimsical journey, there I was, 17 years old. <laughs> all my high school buddies were going to join the Marine Corps and we all thought that that was cool and they got out and I sort of didn't. So <laughs> So uh after I did my 4 years in the Marine Corps, you know, after the wonderful offering they said, you know, we're going to send you to 29 Palms, I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to get out." And and so I went and I finished my undergrad and uh and so all those gunnies told me, like, yeah, uh, you'll never commission. And I was like, I want to commission the Air Force just to spite you guys. So I did that. So huge shout out to Greg Vanover, if you're listening, because he was one of the guys who said <laughs> that I would not do that. I did do that. Um, and then I commissioned in the Air Force for, like, whatever reason. Um, That's crazy. Talk to me about the era you were in the Marine Corps then. Was it 90s? Was it? Yeah, 1995 to uh, 99. So I did uh, three okay. years at Bogue Field down at uh, halfway between Cherry Point, Camp Lejeune, and North Carolina. I did my last year in Okinawa, which uh, I don't remember any of. But pictures show that I was having a really great time. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is one of the duty stations I wanted because when I joined, I joined to be a radio DJ. Like, that's all I wanted to do was go Adrian Cronauer. And you were, I, yeah, because you were watching Good Morning Vietnam on VHS tapes. And the and dude stuff, behind you know? me at A school got orders to Sasebo, and I got the lucky envelope. There's two envelopes left on his, uh, you know, on the chief's desk, and yeah, we yeah. each picked one. And I got the one to the USS John C. Stennis, where I could broadcast live from an aircraft carrier to no one cared. And he got a chance to go to Sasebo, Japan, and be part of, you know, Armed Forces Radio and Television, and the rest is history. Dude, that's awesome. He's probably network news, and I'm making a podcast, so. Sucks. But uh, we were in the same era then. Okay, so 90s. It was like Bill Clinton's Navy, right? Everybody's doing AOL, and the the internet is all brand new, and, and you and I are grunts on a military base. You get out, and then you went to college? Yeah, yeah. So I went to did finish my undergrad at Southern Illinois University. So uh, huh? it was kind of crazy when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, normal ain't nothing normal about normal Illinois. No. <laughs> so uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, when when people had extra duty and stuff like that, I w- they would pay me to take their extra duty for them, and I would just like sit there and do homework and stuff for college. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I had ninety seven credit hours, so and a bunch of cash. It was awesome. Whoa, okay, so smarter than you look. Nice. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
and then of course uh, transitioned uh, out of school. And you said, okay, so you're going to now go back and no, the Air Force be was an like, officer. As soon as I got out, it was crazy because I thought that there would be like a Navy um, Marine Corps ROTC, which I totally didn't know what that even meant, you know? Right. Um, and the school's like, hey, we have Air Force ROTC. So I went to the Air Force and they were like, dude, you have 97 credit hours. We can send you to our little field training thing and we'll start paying you right away. And I'm like, dude, I've got money for like taking cash, you know? So I spent Whoa. a year and nine months doing uh, this undergrad thing and got the uh, living off the GI Bill. And uh, I had this little girlfriend, um, <laughs> old Heather at the time. So she was going to be a uh, victim number one. I was like, this girl right here, I want to take her out. The first night that I was uh, at school and that uh, we've been together for 20 years now. So, longest one night stand of her life. The longest one night stand ever. So <laughs> she's like, when is this date going to be over? You know, God bless. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so I did the, uh, did the air force, you know, from 2001 until 2005 and I uh, started doing this acquisitions thing. And then I was going to get out cause the air force was firing people. Thank you. Air force. Um, I called up the army and they were like, dude, you can read and count. Come on over, man. We'll give you 50 grand. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'll do anything for money. Clearly. So, right, right. Yeah. Uh, 2001 through 2005. So your air force, yeah. when nine 11 happens, uh, yeah. Where'd you go? What I was like, out at Vandenberg, uh, air force base out on the West coast. And so, um, I'll never forget. Like when this thing hit, I was getting coffee at the Exxon gas station and they were like, Dude, somebody ran a plane into the uh, Twin Towers. So I was like, yeah, so they've done that before. You know, it was a little commuter jet. So I didn't think that it was like a huge deal. Um, and it didn't really hit me. And then I got home and my wife was like freaking out. And then yeah. all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and you're on recall, you know, and everything has has changed since then. Our entire world has changed. So oh, yeah. what was your MOS in the Air Force then? So I was um, an acquisitions guy, and so I was acquisitions finance, which it switched from like 63 alpha or whatever. They change it all the time, you know? Right, right, right. So, um, but you're basically buying parts for planes or ensuring that the command has the yeah, equipment Yeah, out there and tools I was doing a needs. major uh, rocket program, um, which okay. became ultimately uh, United Launch Alliance because Congress got a hold and said, hey, you need two major manufacturers, Boeing and Lockheed, to come together on this thing. And so it was a very small $32 billion rocket program. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> pocket chains yeah. to the budget. All right, very cool. So you then transfer from Air Force to Army. Yeah. And were you officer in the Army? or Yeah, so I was officer in the Air Force, officer in the Army. Okay. Because um, I didn't want to wake up anymore, so being enlisted wasn't going to work out too hot for me. <laughs> so you were what, like a captain in the Army? Or you were a... Yeah, old, yeah old, I mean, you, know, you start out in, you know, second lieutenant, little butter bar, and... <laughs> You know? Oh really? They okay? They made you start from 01 and work your way back. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, nice. yeah. You do the whole thing. You know, so you're a hot butter bar, and then you're a first lieutenant, and then a captain, then a major, and then you're like, you want to be a lieutenant colonel? And I'm like, dude, I got one leg. You guys put me on a walking profile for whatever stupid reason. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I've done your PFT. Like, what's the deal? So I can run. It's okay. You know. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, where the army took you, because I'd imagine this is where. The day you'll never forget happened. Well, More you know, about, the, the you know, crazy thing happened. was I was in the Air Force and um, I was doing this like security forces thing for like a hot second um, in 2003. And all of a sudden, like here I was, um, I was a first lieutenant at the time. And they were like, hey, we have this mission for you. We don't have any details on it, but you're going to take, you know, 137 people to this place, you know. And, and like there was very vague details, you know. 
So we go to this place um, in very northern Saudi Arabia with hmm. all of these folks. We take over this little airport and stuff. Um, and uh, if you heard about a guy named uh, Brian Colfidge, I was out there with Brian Colfidge um, before yeah. he got injured. The gentleman um, that's uh, now building the wall himself, the yeah, triple yeah, yeah. amputee. That Brian Colfidge. So I yeah. have pictures of him and I when we were together um, back when he had limbs, you know, back when I had limbs. Um, and so, um, and then, you know, that mission thing sort of happened and he went off to different places, you know, and he got injured, got hit by the mortar or whatever. And, but, uh, Hmm. that's when everything kicked off for, uh, OIF. It was crazy. I mean, I had no clue. So we got to, uh, where we were on March the 9th. That was my birthday. Um, and so then March 19th, everything kicked off. It was like really, it was like a wild time. The injury itself, the day that that happened, that was in Saudi Arabia. No, no, no. My injury happened in um, Afghanistan in 2011. So I was just like oh, really were, into doing okay. deployment. So I deployed into 03, 05, 09, um, 2011 to Afghanistan. And then I was just in Afghanistan last year in 2017. So since I lost my leg, I thought I'd go back and look for it or whatever. But no luck. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I love you, dude. You know? That is so freaking so. awesome. Tell me more about your deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan then. You were part of... Because I'm just a little confused. You were you were army officer at the time, or you so were, I was or you Air, Force were Air Force in 2003, and then in uh, 2005, and then you know, then in 2005, I transitioned over, um, oh, okay, you know, into doing the army thing, and you know, I was just always addicted to doing the downrange thing. I mean, I always yeah. liked it. You like always feel so alive, you know, in that environment. So it's like, and you were enlisted first, so I've always yeah. found that the officers I really appreciated and liked came through the ranks and they were not the officers that wanted to just sit still and do planning or no paper. No, no uh, you're like h- hanging out in the talk and you know, like, right, right. Yeah. Hey, they, I'm watching CNN. This is really great. Look what's going on outside the wire. You know, I'm like, no, 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 let's get out on the streets, man. Let's meet some of these people. <laughs> Why are you shooting at us? We just gave your kids candy. What's wrong with you? <laughs> if you could elaborate with me on the mission then that uh, you were on that, that day, the day that you lost your leg. Oh, so I actually, truth be told, I didn't lose my leg to an IED. Like, that would have been a cooler story. But um, truth in lending, um, I broke my leg. I folded it in half out at Fort Irwin. And uh, and they put all this hardware in my leg. And so right. they were like, hey, we need you to deploy it. And I told the medical staff, I'm like, yo, they want me to deploy. And they were like, okay, well, you can come back in a year and we'll take all this hardware out. So then I'm in Afghanistan, and all of a sudden I feel something. I'm like dude, this feels weird. They take an x-ray like, yeah, the screw that's in your ankle is coming out. We got to take this out. So they fly me to cutter. They take all of the hardware out of my leg. And then like 10 days later, my, my leg's getting brighter and brighter red, you know, and I had this giant boil. And so I'm at the cache and they lance the boil and it's full of necrotic flesh, you know, it's like all rotten. And oh. I can reach down and touch the bone because you can't feel anything. It's all dead at that point, you know? And so um, I'm like, huh, this is kind of a game changer. And they were like, dude, we've, we've got to get you out of here, man. You're not going to make it. We have a contract with the, uh, with the locals and stuff, and we can right. get maggots, and we'll try to do what we can to like, try to keep you alive or whatever. And so, and literally 17 minutes later, like the C-130 like, comes flying in. They're like, you're out of here. 
So, um, so they, they didn't want to alarm you, but they were like, you you need to be seen a yeah, you got, yeah, you got to get out of here quick, you know. So they start hopping me around Afghanistan, you know, places, yeah. every place I would go, they would open the wound up, you know, clean it out, do a debridement or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, to get me back to launch stool. And, uh, you know, when I was in launch stool, they're like, dude, your white blood cell count is so high. We don't think you're going to make it through the night. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. God and so, bless. and they hadn't contacted my wife at that point. I'm like, quarantined and i'm like all alone or whatever and it's like you get that kind of news and you're like dude this is like how the lights are going to shut out this is maddening yeah 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 and uh and so that night i just like like i just gently went to sleep you know but then the next day i woke up and i'm like dude i'm gonna live every day like it's my last day from here on out man like that this is just too crazy and uh Ultimately, they got a hold of my wife, and they were like, hey, your husband's really sick. We don't know where he is. We don't know if he's going to make it, da 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 and, uh, and so my wife is stuck by me the entire time, mm. you know? And, uh, and so I ultimately made it back to the States, and, you know, they continued to patch everything up, and then they tried to salvage the leg like they do because, you know, orthopedic surgeons are just big babies, you know, mostly West Point <laughs> folks, so... And I was like, and after four years, I was like, dude, I've got a life. i got to continue to live, man. I'm going to get this leg cut off, you know? Yeah. And so I did that, and did all the paperwork, went to JAG, and they were cool with everything. And then the medical staff was like, dude, we're going to be on CNN if we don't take care of this. So so then they cut the leg off, and it's been, you know, it's been great ever since. You know, shopping is really a pleasure when you have handicapped parking placards and stuff, you know? Oh, my God, I, I envy forward. you at Christmas time. I know, I, mean. I know, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a huge deal, you know, for like, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, on on Friday, it's it's massive. <laughs> that is awesome and it's that spirit dude that i think is so amazing and that i want i i know it's translating in this podcast but it's something i want to get they can almost visualize my face even though they can't really see me but if you go on chef mad dog maggot you can see what i look like (laughs) a younger a much younger billy gibbons of zz top with like some killer kick-ass metal hardware yeah uh, yeah down there uh no it's that attitude it's that spirit it's that grit it's that Listen, this is happening. This has happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward and we're gonna live because you know, too many people Because anybody just, can die, right? Well, I mean, it's the thing, too many of us spend our time like I'm on the highway every day commuting out of the city and I you know, I look and it's like everyone's mad, everyone's ticked off. Most people are on their damn phones, but that's because your phone is so small and it's hard to text and drive. <laughs> Everybody knows that. You know what I mean? But everyone's angry and you and you and you really to me reinforce that hey today's gonna be a great day because you're having it bro you're in it and it's you know you've been given yeah i totally don't get that right like so like you came in this morning you're outside and you you talk to people about the weather whatever especially around here it's like yeah but it can change in two days i'm like dude but it's righteous like right now like (laughs) it's 60 degrees like dude i'm gonna get my speedo on i'm gonna walk around dc man it's gonna be like it's a nice day i mean that i kind of want to see we're gonna make a viral moment out of that um, okay, let me see. Where the hell were we? Okay, so we're done. We're uh, coming out of Walter Reed. Uh, you've seen, you know, some incredible doctors. You've had some incredible, you know, just heroic things done to save your l- life, really, because your limb had the flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you really, I mean, it was, you could have died at many points along that journey, but you made it through. You're ready to go. You're feeling the spirit. I ripped my finger off wakeboarding with a buddy of mine, and we were fraternizing because he was still in. I was still in. So huge shout out to former Sergeant First Class Jesse Keller. We're both civilians now. He lives in Preston, Idaho. (laughs) And what you can't even see right now is just amazing. 
it's the middle finger, and you're sure as shit right. The tip of that thing's gone. You don't. I ripped off because we were like, dude. I'm like, let's go wake for it, and they're like, you, you think you can wake for it with a prosthetic? I'm like, I don't know. Let's try <laughs> this thing and figure it out. And in doing so, you don't hurt your leg or your limb or any part no, of. No, I just ripped my finger off. Rip your freaking finger off. And I called all my wife's friends to be like. Dude, I don't know what to do. I don't want to tell Heather. Um, and I show up at the airport with my hand behind my back like some five-year-old. You just had a bad <laughs> report card, you know? And she's like, why are you standing like that? I'm like, I don't know. N- nothing? N- no nothing? reason? Yeah. you're. <laughs> Christ. Okay. So here we are. We're invincible now. We're missing a leg. We're missing part of a finger, but we're still moving on. Shit's good. Um where did you go from there? Because now you're what medically retired, or you're you're, no, no, you're no, moving no. on to your I second did life I did now. An actual retirement, twenty three years in the military. So okay. when I was coming back from Afghanistan last year, um, I was out there serving for a General Thorogood, very nice guy, yells a lot. You know, I hope to hook up with him again. Right. He was a two star general, and the three star had just become a three star, and so there was no lateral movement for him. And so I was like, dude, this is my moment of being honest. And I was like, General Thorogood. You're not going to get promoted again, and neither am I. And I've given 23 years and a leg to this army. I'm taking it to the house. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, he's like, fair enough. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, no one's going to call you out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you gave him a leg. You can. I mean, you know. It's uh, it's no big deal. So I was like, yeah, it's time to do something different, man. Like yeah. this is uh, boring. I've got to find some general and change his tire on the Beltway. I got to do something, you know. Yeah. Okay. So now, obviously, you've then retired and you've picked, you know, uh, you've picked the culinary path, right? Or was that yeah, kind of yeah, immediate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all part of it. You know, I was okay. working for a contractor and stuff, and uh, uh, for a little while, and uh, I was going to culinary school on the weekend. So I was like back to not seeing the family again because I was working during the week down here in downtown D.C., and uh, and then on the weekend, I would leave on Friday night and get on the Vamoose bus and go to uh, New York um, and then do the culinary thing, and then I would come back on Sunday night and then like continue to do it over and over and over again, you know? So, like, for well over half a year, you know, I'm seeing wow. the family for six to eight hours a week. Oh, it, so. it was like being deployed again. Yeah, 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 because you're missing those moments, but you end up getting certified by what was the school? Oh, the, the Institute of Culinary Education, yeah. yeah. Okay. Ice. 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 Yeah, there's ICE like, is the number one culinary school in the nation. Oh, so right there's now. two really big phenomenal. ones, right? There's ICE, and then there's the, the Culinary ICE. Institute of America, right. and then the, the Institute CIA. of Culinary Education. So I, for a while, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go to the Culinary Institute of America because that's awesome." And they were like, "Dude, we want you to do like undergrad work, like English 101." I'm like, "Well, dude, I, I already have two masters because I kind of want to do that again." You know, <laughs> so I'm I'm totally cool. I, I'm here for cooking, you know, and I'm very military, so I don't want to learn anymore either. Like learning how to cook is all I want to do. So now that I'm done at ICE. If anything remotely looks like learning, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to do an about face with a fake leg, and I'm heading the other way. I'm like, I don't want to do any more learning. What was your specialty that you picked up, or what part of cooking do you really like the best? Uh, you know, I think it's like like in most people's houses, they have all this common stuff, and people are still shopping and getting whatever because it feels good, you know? And I'm right. like, why not take these feel-good foods and stuff and, like, do really kind of, like, crazy things with them? Just like I was talking to some of the folks here, yeah. I've been thinking about a lot of stuff like, dude, why could you not make, like, a shepherd's pie and then process some uh, Doritos and then put that on top of a shepherd's pie and put it back in the oven? Dude, that's some gangster <laughs> food right there. That's awesome. So I was sitting there, and I was thinking, like, man, when I was a kid, man, I love strawberry quick. So think about this technique. Like, why could I not make strawberry quick ice cream? I did that. 
dude, it's phenomenal. <laughs> like, why not do these kinds of crazy things? Like taking these things that like you see every single day that are very right. pedestrian and make really like <clears throat> just totally different dishes. Because when you're coming from a culinary school like that, you know, like you can do Michelin starred cuisine. You can do sure. really high end food and stuff. But like, why not take common ingredients, you know, and like transform them into something, you know? So you can literally like cook anything. I like the term you used, pedestrian foods, right? Like the things every man has, every family has in the house. Um, you will Doritos, not catch me passing up a dirty, a dirty water hot dog stand. I'm highly addicted to hot dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and that's actually we talked about that before. This, in addition to making pedestrian chic cuisine, your kind of niche thing, um, we'd also talked about meats. And uh, you're a meat stick guy. You're a sausage guy. Talk to me about your interests in those things. So being military, we had some military predecessors before us, people like in the Roman Empire who were who were figuring out how they could like uh, dry meats and you right. know get them so you could transport and conquer you know people's countries and stuff like that you know and <laughs> it's always handy to have a snack when doing that yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> I'm sure that Genghis Khan was huge into Slim Jims you know he's like when I go to Afghanistan and I burn your country to the ground and kill two million people at least I've got some snack sticks to keep me going along the way you know what I mean so. Yeah, I, I think that it's super cool, you know, that you could like, uh, that you like, I'm big into charcuterie. Um, um, meats, cheeses. Meats, cheeses, yep. the, the, you know, all those things that are in line with, a, you know, gourmet manger, you know, the cold plates and stuff. But sure. I think that these things are super cool, you know, that you can take something that can last like a long time. Um, and so I think that that's really kind of fun. I mean, that's just something like, you go, hey, if I want to do something in the culinary world, what kinds of things do I do I like doing? You know, it's like, making dry, semi-dry sausages and stuff like that, you know? And so being military, that's one of the things that, like, I was like, dude, I always wanted awesome meat steaks. So we started this thing called Primal Urge Foods, which you can find them on primalurgefoods.com, and they deliver meat sticks um, every single month. You know, they come out with different meat sticks. And so, and a meat stick being something like so a Slim Jim, Something right? like a Slim Jim, but there's so many companies out there that, that are like, hey, we're in Oregon, and we only make uh, 5,000 meat sticks a year. And these guys will call them up and go, dude, we need 5,000 meat sticks. You know, we want to place an order. And so it's really super cool. So it's like the craft beer of meat sticks, right? It's, it's like you, meat sticks. you call around and you find yeah, different yeah. places that totally, are making. Totally, 100%. So these guys are doing like uh, turkey and sage. Um, nice. And so you go, these are phenomenal flavors and stuff, you know, like, why aren't there more things like that out there? So, you know, and I'm looking in putting together now, you know, a veteran owned sausage business, um, because that's something that just doesn't exist out there. And there's so many folks, you know, you go out to the, uh, the NX, the BX, you know, stuff like that right, on the right. exchange. And people are like, you can only see like Johnsonville hot dogs or something like that. You Jimmy know, Dean, like Jimmy yeah. Dean. Yeah. Right. All these commercialized names and stuff like that. But it's like, well, dude, why don't we go out there and make some really great stuff, you know, for folks out there that, like, give back to that veteran community? Because yeah. there's folks like Operation Second Chance out there that uh, they're really doing a huge job giving back to veterans, you know, and, like, linking up, going, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really stoked to see all these vets that are out there that are like, hey, let's come together, you know, and let's identify with who we are, you know, what makes us who we are as veterans and stuff. I think it's absolutely huge. And it's become an attractive brand. Um, I think America's finally kind of getting it right in some degree when it's not necessarily just thank you for your service in an airport and a handshake, but it's like we're loving veteran brands. We're loving it when yeah. we see veteran-owned, veteran-made, and we're seeing it reflected in sales of 
brands of coffee like Evan and Black Rifle. We're yeah, seeing yeah. it in T-shirts. Hey, you shout out to Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, continue to keep up with me on uh, Chef Mad Dog <laughs> Maggard. Um, yeah, we're going to be coming live, man. I want to get busy with this uh, this uh, sausage and hot dog thing. For I sure. love it, man. Tell me, tell me the name of the one sausage that you told me last week. Oh yeah, yeah. We were uh, we were talking about for the Air Force. We'll create the uh, the Blue Falcon. Right. Um, we we're looking at a uh, like a a chicken with a uh, sage. Okay. Um, and blueberries. And so it's really a cool combination. And uh, for the Marine Corps, you know, making like the devil dog. Um, <laughs> I love it. I just love hot dogs. I'm highly addicted to the hot dogs. The devil dog, though. I could see that at like a major stadium in the, ma- you know, in Major League Baseball. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because every that- stadium's got their niche food. And I could see San Diego Padres, you know, home of the devil dog. Home of the Devil Dog. You know? Yeah, yeah. The Nationals. Home of the Devil Dog. You know what I mean? And so all these other folks, you know, especially around here, like the Cavs, the Nationals, stuff like yeah. that. You know, so when you're seeing people at these events and stuff, they're like, yeah, you know? <laughs> this is like Veteran Central right here. So That's awesome. And of course, it would allow me as a Navy veteran to give you guys some shit and make fun of the fact that you really do love sausage and that, you know, it's... Yeah, just- we're we're looking into something for the Navy, you know, a uh, a squid um, a hot dog squid. sort of conglomeration, you know, the semen special. St- I knew so it was, they were- I knew he was going to make the joke. <laughs> I, I knew it. Damn it. They were- <laughs> Christ. All right. Let's uh let's end with where it all began. Tell me about that day. How the hell did that happen? You run into General Colin Powell. The next thing you know, no, you're on the evening news. I didn't news. run into General Colin Powell. I, I just saw somebody who was on the beltway on the side of the road, you know, and I'm like, dude, this is weird. There's not like 38 fire trucks that are blocking every lane, you know, so you can't go down the beltway. You know, it's like one car and somebody's out there fixing their tire. And as they got closer, I'm like, was traffic moving at a fast clip? Because that was my oh, first yeah. question. Like, how in the hell did you pull over in oh, yeah. time to get to see him? Yeah, traffic was moving quick. You know, I mean, you see the car, obviously, on the side of the road, but I didn't know it was General Colin Powell. You just sort of like, you look over and you're like, Oh, somebody needs help, you know? And then I got out and uh, I was like, you're General Colin Powell, as I pointed out. And he goes, yes, I am. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I got that right. It could have been so wrong, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, right. It could have been just a guy named yeah, Murray like, or uh, something. Okay, and, well, cool. Yeah. We'll still fix your tire, bar none. You know, but in the end, it was General Colin Powell. And, uh, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then I went home that night and I was thinking about the, the events of the day. And I'm like, that was really kind of a cool experience because... Yeah, let's pause right there before you get home. What was he like? I mean, obviously he sees you coming at him, bearded grizzly guy, yeah, prosthetic tattoos, leg, fake tatted leg. up, beard. He's like, oh my God, I got one of my boys here. I got one of my guys. No, he was like, I don't know what's going to happen. This guy's probably got an axe, you know, going to chop me up, you know, <laughs> no one will stop, you know, so. No, what was he like though when you just, I mean, obviously you guys chatted and you, you, you he knows why you're there, but when guy. you get around General Colin Powell, you're like, something is soothing in the air, man. His spirit about him is like so calming. It's the strangest thing. You're like. He's like, like, wasn't cursing and swearing, like, my tire, my stupid tire. He wasn't all worked up. No, and you're not like, this is some crazy Bradley Cooper, you know, trying to make another movie, you know, like something like that. He's like, this guy is like, he's like, he's cool. He's like, even keeled, even keeled. He's like, I'm 81. I'm changing my tire. What's going on? You know? And so these lug nuts are tight and it's 30 degrees outside. I'm like, I know it's cool. Let's do this. You know? So that's awesome. And so neither of us, you know, it was like, dude, this is, a sh-. but you know how it is when you're in the military, you know, everything goes away. You like snap into Hey, there's a situation. I've got to help. However I can help. So if it was Halle Berry, you know, it would have been like, dude, I'll change your tire. You know, I wouldn't be like, dude, you're Halle Berry. Yes. Um, I know if it had been a supermodel, you'd have damn sure been tongue tied. It was a supermodel. General Colin Powell. You know what I mean? You get next to like some super swimsuit model, and the next thing you know, you think you're being all smooth, and all that comes out is, I, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tire? 
Doug, change. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. You know? So I just jump out there. We changed the tire, and we went our separate ways. And then I went home that night, and I was just thinking about it. And uh, I wrote this little paragraph that people have read or whatever. Yeah, but yep. I just sort of thought, wow, this is cool, man. This this uh, He did 35 years, and I did 23 years, and now we're passing the torch on to this new generation. You know, It's going to you know carry us forward. All right, so we changed the tire, we took the selfies, we go on about our business. Talk to me about how like it all snowballed into like you going from a real quick blurb on Facebook to network news. Like, cause dude, I literally saw you on three different networks within yeah, it 24 was, hours of that happening. No doubt, it was crazy. I got home and all of a sudden, like these news stations, like Shimani Stone, like calls me up and he's like. Hey, and did you even know who that was? I didn't really know who it was. I don't. I don't really watch the news. You right, know, okay. I'm like, I'm busy cooking. Yeah, you know. And so uh, they were like, "Hey, we want to come interview you. We'll be at your house in an hour." And I'm like, "Uh, okay." They were already cool. en route to your house. They were en route to my house. Whoa, that's kind of that's kind of spooky. I mean, well, I started getting all these calls and stuff from like all over the place. People okay. are like. Hey, we're tracking your background, which I come to find out, like, definitely update your Facebook. You know, if you're ever going to go viral, they, they're going to follow your Facebook first, you know? Right. So, and then CNN called me and they were like, hey, can we do an interview with you tomorrow? And I was like, uh, yeah, but I got to go to New York because it's my last day of culinary school or whatever. And so then I start going up north. I'm heading to New York and then NBC calls me and they said, hey, this is NBC in New York. We need to do an interview with you. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm going to be in New York in a few hours anyways. They said, dude, we're going to send a limo to come pick you up. We want you to what? meet us in uh, Central Park, and we're going to do an interview with you. Um, I'm like, uh, okay, cool. So I do the interview, and next thing I know, like Fox and Friends is like, hey, can you come see us tomorrow morning? You know, first thing in the morning, we'll send a limo to come pick you up. And uh, <laughs> Look at your crazy ass, just getting limos sent to you randomly. I'm getting chauffeured around like Donald Trump right now in a limo. <laughs> I'm feeling all this energy. This is beautiful, you know? That's so cool. then I go on, I'm doing Fox and Friends, and uh, the whole thing was really cool. And then... I'm get, I'm doing like 10 radio interviews a day and like you repeat the story over and over again. Right, I feel like right. a sexual assault victim, like just doing the story over and over again. <laughs> I'm like, God, I can't just get over this story. The trauma. It's like General Powell was so handsome. And yeah. I, I'm just, like, I'm just t so taken back. You know, I'm like, Dude, really? The whole thing was like less than five minutes of my life. You know what I mean? I feel like I yeah. robbed the liquor store. Like, dude, it was such a brief incident. Like, why is it such a big deal? You know, I'm like, I changed the tire. No big deal. Nobody really cared, you know? And then so you like, were on the side of the road for eight minutes and spent like 80 minutes talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm just reenacting this whole story over and over again. And, uh, repeat how it happened again. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, again, <laughs> there I was. I had no clue who it was because I was doing 55 miles an hour. That's awesome. And then, of course, your friends and family. I'm sure. Did you have like friends from all over the place, like just call you and be like, "I just saw you on the news. I haven't talked to you like in like eight years. What? 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 Yeah." And they're like, "Why do you carry that cat around on your face?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It's my jam. It's the way I roll now. You know, it's cold. We don't know when it's going to be winter in Virginia or DC. You know, it could be winter any day." And then, as quick as it starts, it's over. What? Like three days, and then the and, and no. I and mean, then the whole done, thing is or? still the whole thing is still going on. You know, I'm trying to make this like a bar mitzvah. That's like you know, it's been four days. Let's keep it going. You know, put me up on a chair. You know, you by mean your Hanukkah. Heads. That's the one that's eight days, right? Is that what you mean? Hanukkah's eight days, but these bar mitzvahs go a long time too. My <laughs> wife's Jewish. You know what I mean? So it's like, when are you guys going to stop partying? It's not like 
like Jewish people can party, man. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. You're like, they just make up a reason, you know, it's, it's the best, you know? And so my wife is Jewish. Ergo, my kids are Jewish, you know, and yeah. I'm still a Gentile, you know? So at the house, it's like duck, duck, goose. It's like juju Gentile. I'm like, I'm always out, man. I'm like, when will you guys ever accept me into the community for real? <laughs> you got to be there a while before you're a member of the tribe. Okay. It, 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 it has to be that way. I don't know. Don't worry about it. I'm on my way. I'll be part of the club. <laughs> I make all kinds of great food now. Uh, that is awesome. And see, that's what I mean about you. Like, we start talking about changing the tire. We start talking about going viral. And now we're, like, you know, talking about Manischewitz and, like, old yeah. Jewish men named Murray. I mean, it, you're a trip, man. Go with it. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I just want to probably wrap it up and say, man, I appreciate, like, hell, you not only sharing that story that the world only got a glimpse of for four minutes on the network news, but filling in all the different layers of it and... Um, me like you, you know, you look back and you have just such fond memories and stuff. Right. It, it, like, it shapes who you are for the rest of your life. Like, that is your identity. And it's a great identity. It continues to evolve, as does yours. Tell me more about where I can find stuff about Chef Mad Dog Maggart online. Hey, I'm on every social media channel, you know. So, um, if there's more out there, I want to try to get out there. You know, I don't know what Tumblr is. I thought that was a setting on the dryer. Um <laughs> So you can find me out there on Chef Mad Dog Magger. And okay. so uh, I'm going to be putting some stuff together. Um, I want to make it so other veterans and stuff can chime in. I'm going to be cooking stuff live and taking requests from people. All right. Well, let's do two things. Let's commit to uh, following back up when you get your sausage business going. And yeah. when that's up and running. And and, and, and I want to see My some of those. My sausage game is strong. I want to see some of those big, beautiful sausages. And two, let's make another date. Let's um, let's reach out to Colin Powell. See if we can have you come by, whip up some lunch in the studio, yeah, and yeah. see if we can, uh, you know, talk some, I don't know, talk some auto repair, talk some sausage, talk some food, and just basically talk some good times with the general. Yeah, that would be great. The guy, the guy is a beast. Uh, when I get to be above the age that I am, closer to the age that he is, you know. I mean, yeah, eighth decade, right, right. He's an octogenarian, 81 years old, man, and, and he's like, dude, I'm changing my tire, man. Right. I'm like, I got this. I'm like, I wouldn't want to make him mad in the dark alley at night. You know? I don't awesome. know what he would do, you know. He'd probably give you a bro hug or something like that, you know, but uh, I'm like, he's fit. That is awesome, man. Chef Tony, Mad Dog Maggart, always a pleasure. Come back and see me real soon, man. Yeah, I will.